Welcome back folks, my name is Lasno Meal and welcome to the Cyberpunk 2077 Community Podcast episode 66. Today with me is the usual squad starting from the right, Mad Queen Show, welcome. Greetings Earthlings. Then we have the Neon Arcade. Hello, hello. And Subsidian from the Triple S League. Hello everybody. I think everything should be working, can everyone hear us? I think we are good. Now, um, welcome everyone. We are at the episode 66. This is somewhat of a post-Night City Wire news and discussion podcast. We had a lot um, to process over the past um, two weeks. But uh, before we begin, um, Sibi wanted to talk a little bit about Wreckful, right? Yeah, so uh, Wreckful uh, passed away this week. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it. He's He was a pioneer in the streaming industry. He's one of the oldest, like not oldest streamers is in age, but like the person who's been doing it the longest. Uh, he also pioneered like, and, and was because of his work with Twitch in the early days that we have things like super chats, um, things like that. Uh, and also kind of just, uh, uh, he kind of set the format for how to like interact with the community and whatnot. And unfortunately he passed away to, um, suicide this week. Uh, just, just due to the fact that he he suffered from um uh manic depression so he he was you know he would go through crazy bouts of like highs and lows and highs and lows um and there was a an event that kind of triggered probably ended up triggering it with just the uh, a, n- a number of people in the the chat stream like you know egging mm-hmm. him on and and insulting and and stuff and sometimes um sometimes it's done you know, sometimes people say these things, you know, as, as a joke, and they're just meaning to like rile, like you would, you know, like you would rile with your best friend, right? You, you mm. call them like a a dummy or you know whatever that kind of stuff. It's like you're doing it out of fun, right? And you don't actually mean anything, you know, uh, hurtful or you know derogatory by it. It's just it's just playful banter. Um, and this is unfortunately like on the outset when you're reading it in a chat that that doesn't always like translate well right like mm. that it doesn't always move um and and it doesn't always work that way now there were some i would say a fair bit of people who also meant it and so it was really kind of depressing to watch and see everything and um yeah and bipolar disorder is really rough uh ash and i shared a little bit yesterday about how we've you know we've had to to deal with this a little bit too uh we had uh max derrett on he's he's been on on this show once in uh in the past as well um and he he has a uh podcast every week that uh, deals with with some mental illness and and mental difficulties and and it's like this kind of stuff is something where you you can't always catch it so you know you do what you can when you can um we want to just kind of like give off a you know solemn nod to the to the man because he was a pioneer none like the way that streaming works right now wouldn't be around right you wouldn't have emotes you wouldn't have little activatable icons because of i mean mean, you may have but this was the person who pioneered those things and and really like worked with the twitch team to get this stuff running on the twitch platform so that it could end up getting run on on all these other platforms uh so it's it's just something that we want to kind of throw out there and say you know, hey, we, we, we know that's we know this happened and, and we hope that obviously, you know, it doesn't happen again. But um if you ever need help, you know, it's it's always good to just kind of go out there and, and ask for it. 
Uh, and again, Wreckful was, you know, he he did a lot of like uh, it was mostly a Blizzard streamer, um, but it doesn't change the the fact that he was a pioneer in the industry and and that we have today we have the ability to do these this podcast because of people like him. And uh, it's good to remember the uh, the vigils are still going on. Uh, I hopped into a couple of games. There's a couple of games where they, uh, especially in MMOs, where they go, you know, people are still holding vigils, you know, parking their characters at a at a church or something like that, and and um, kneeling in solidarity. And uh, so that, that's been really really amazing to see how the positivity of the community has caught up. And we just want to say that we're really thankful for the all the positivity that we get here. We we don't actually have to deal with very much negativity from this community and that's a really great thing and we hope that that's always always the way that it is uh because even people like will always support them support each other and, and all of our discords are are uh are pretty pretty good places for most of our our community fans almost like mm. like literally all of our community fans mm. um i think i've only ever had to ban two people on our server so it's like it's considering the, the thousands of people that hang out with us that that is uh that's pretty awesome so thanks thanks a ton guys because we really we really appreciate it yes and you always have a community everyone here in the chat and everywhere always have a community to turn to and always if you need to talk to someone talk don't wait it's always it always mm. gets worse so always try and solve things um head on it's for the best mm-hmm. now um yeah, uh, going back to last week, we had a lot of stuff regarding Cyberpunk 2077. There were people who were obviously playing the game, sharing more stuff about it. And we had a lot of interesting um, interviews, especially with Pavef, who talked a lot about characters and um, their behavior. But before that, I've seen a lot of people talking in the chat about removed or changed features. So I just want to get that out of the way. So techie class hasn't been removed uh, completely, but um, the the skills um, are still there. They're probably going to be adjusted and changed. So um, the, the skill tree itself is a hybrid one, so it doesn't matter anyway. You will be able to either um, go for the class you want to create by using all of those different abilities. You won't be restricted um, in any way. Uh, what was the next thing was while running? <laughs> what do you guys think about <laughs> Like yeah, Sinister had a, had a question. He's like, is there a difference between the removed wall running and the wall hanging? Um, we, we don't think that there was a difference between the no. two. So mm. it's the same wall, thing. Wall running was never, never was a feature. Yeah, Wall running was a rumor. A rumor yeah. that some people took as the real thing, but it never was a feature. And it's quite absurd because the main structures of Night City are the mega buildings. How the fuck do you want to climb the mega building? I mean, it it makes it really makes no sense to have this feature in Cyberpunk 2077 for the verticality. Who would climb such vertical buildings on the outside? And some people commented, then if you can't climb walls, what do you want verticality for? Elevators and stairs. The thing about verticality is that you have inside the map more maps for every floor of the building you get in. That doesn't mean you need to get from the outside. You can do it from the inside using, you know, elevators and stairs like the normal people. Yes. I think I think they had wall. Obviously, they showed it in the 48-minute demo, right, with the mantis blades. And I remember way back in, in 2018, they, they only mentioned that you'd be able to do those in that in certain, on certain walls in certain small sections. So realistically, what they removed wasn't that huge. It's not like you were able to climb buildings like Matt Queen was saying. 
but it oh, was just yeah, I like I like to answer because people are saying, "But Queen, so what's the demo again?" No, this is the hanging in from a wall with the mantis blades is not climbing. Mm-hmm. It's a different ability. One thing because when V does that in the demo, she doesn't move. She's just yeah. standing there. She doesn't go up. She doesn't go to the sides. She just uh, um, put the the mantis blades inside the wall, and that's everything that she could do. They never shot, they never showed that she could do anything else on the walls. Then people from this speculated about the possibility of being able to use the Mantis Blades to climb. But this was speculation, it was a rumor. We never saw V doing anything in a wall with the Mantis Blades apart from getting them inside and without moving. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think, and I mean, I've heard... A lot. I've read some really, really dumb articles over the last few days about this. Uh, just read one now that basically like made me like almost blow a gasket because it's like, it's like again, um, you know, they're quoting things as like, oh, this was the most anticipated feature. I'm pretty sure the the whole like swapping around your uh, your junk is probably one of the more is far more anticipated than this one. And where this comes from, again, it's like, this was never confirmed. Like, it was talked about. It's something that, that people like to do. But, you know, from, from just a, a gameplay perspective, it's not actually a good ability. You know, it's not actually something that is um, that is actually useful in most actual combat scenarios where you're dealing with this kind of a world. It's like, it's like um, Ash and I were talking about how one of the games that we have, one of our favorite games, is, is Jedi Knight Academy. And you could wall run in that. But it was really difficult. But you could do it. And mm-hmm. all it did was made it so that you were a really good target for firing weapons at. Which would be the same process here. Because it's like, are you? do you want to run up behind cover and then like pop out and you know eviscerate somebody? Or do you want to run up on a wall where you're a clear, visible target by pretty much everybody with a weapon? And I've never understood the the concept of like why people were excited for this because it it just sounded to me like an, it was an idiotic like. But I think I think it was mostly for stealth, right? Yeah, you could get on the walls and get behind people and get mm-hmm. up top. Like in the in the what when they showed it, those two guys were not even looking at you, right? You're up on well, the no, wall. No, but that's the wall hanging, and that's as far as we know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's still in, right? Well, the way I understood it is that was that part was removed, yeah, because that was essentially the wall running that they showed, right? Because he, she does this little animation at the beginning where she like get gets to that spot where she's able to hang, runs up a bit, yeah. That's that's what I understood at least. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I've, yeah, I, I still haven't, I'm still not confirmed on on this stuff, so it's been. <clears> kind of well, I, I understood weird. a completely different different thing because when people is complaining, is complaining about about this applied to the verticality. And that's, yeah, which which we know that's not. Yeah, that's, that's, that's confused that with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it it still is a little confusing, but it's like I don't see the like wall, again wall running seems like like wall running is a is a pointless ability that I have absolutely no interest in whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. again, it to... really doesn't make sense. It's just, mm-hmm. it's good for, like, cinematography. That's about it. Well, there are a ton of other mobility options, too, you were talking about before. You still got the dash, the double jump. You know, you can throw the Karenzikov in there. So you can still play as a cyber ninja if, if this mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. removed. It's not a huge hit. And I, to be honest, I think 
um, it would have been a pain in the ass to implement properly. I don't think it would have um, added too much to the game, the the gameplay loop of the being the cyber ninja. Yeah, but and you, I mean, yeah, from the gameplay perspective, you will still, as Neon said, have that double jump through augmentations, um, as we've seen the the B roll um, gameplay um, in that container scene when we kind of jumps above um, above that maelstrom guy. And I'm sure that mm-hmm. there will be an option to maybe take them out with Mantis Blades from air as you're going down, if he, if people were referring to that as they were referring uh, yeah. in the 45-minute in the demo. Hmm. Yeah. So that was um, that. was that. Also with the, uh, the, the, the subway metro system, um, it was never actually confirmed. It was only... It, it appeared hinted now and then. Kinda. We pretty much, a lot of people pretty much assumed it just because we saw it in the 2018 trailer and that was like in-engine footage, right? So, mm. and then they also had the, some of the, the wallpapers and the art with V actually mm-hmm. on the subway. Mm-hmm. So I think people just jumped to the conclusion, but it technically was never uh, really confirmed. And it's, this is one of these ability, this is one of these gameplay features that just do not, um, they just don't last. Like, mm-hmm. like they they don't hold your attention. You, you, it's the same because it's the same thing as a flight path, right? In a game, you get on a you get on a Griffin and you fly from point A to B, point A to point B. And the first time you're like, "Wow, look at that! Look at this! Oh, look, there's a thing over there! Oh, look at that! Oh, hey, I can see a player down there! Oh, it's so cool!" And then you do that the second time and you're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool!" And you do that the third time you're like, "Oh, goddamn! Another two minutes of this stupid flight path! All right, I'm gonna go get a drink." It's like. Third, fourth, fifth, eighth, ninth, hundredth mm-hmm. time, you're like, oh my god, I wish I could just like pour it here faster. It's yeah. like, it's not something that it's it's a mechanic that that for some reason it's a flashy mechanic that I find that um that is really popular with like people who review a game for like four hours and then never play again. It's really mm-hmm. popular with those people. But I don't know a single gamer who's like, oh, man, I cannot wait for the next, like, you know, getting into a metro car and watching the same city, dr- you know, drive past me for, like, the the 15th time. That's just mm-hmm. so cool. Like, it's not there. That's never there. Yeah, like, I, and I'm sure it makes the city feel so small when you're able to just cut through everything, right? Mm-hmm. If you were to get on the subway and just cut through the entire city to the biggest points of interest, it kind of defeats the purpose almost of exploring and getting around you know naturally yeah i'm, I'm i think uh paris said that there will be terminals in a sense throughout the city that you can use to fast travel with mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of a different option so yeah some of these things are you know great for cinematic feeling because i think i entered the the the, the subway in gt4 i think two times and from the cinematic side from like let's say immersion side yeah cool but um at the same time it's not like something i'm kind of cry about you know because it's removed because it's a small feature in a sense from for, from a detailed perspective of the city yeah it looks cool um but it's not a feature or something that a lot of people will use they on a like always it's like mm-hmm. they, they, i would rather drive a quadra than <laughs> go to the subway to be honest yeah, yeah i think a lot of people would rather drive right if they had the choice Plus that, that I feel like that the subway thing would be a huge thing to implement, right? That'd yeah. be a massive, massive undertaking. Yeah, it would be a well. I mean, it, it's like it's part of the tech that's just not available right now. Like we don't have the ability to like 
have, you know, when you're sitting on a subway and you travel through another subway station, you know, and, and you're going the opposite way or whatever, you're not stopping there. You, mm-hmm. you see literally hundreds of, sometimes you'll see hundreds of people just waiting. You know, it mm-hmm. depends on where you are in the world, but sometimes there's thousands of people waiting to get on the, the subway. And it's like, it's like we don't have the ability to render that at that speed. And again, I, I, we're not, I'm not trying to like suck up to uh, CDPR here. It's, this is one of these things from, from a developer, like programming side of things. It's, it's incredibly complex and also highly pointless because it's like, you're never going to do anything with that. Like you're never going to like go out of your way to alter everything. And, and suddenly it's like, Oh wow. Look, look at, look at all the cool scenes, scenery that I'm seeing. You, your player is going to react to that a handful of times, and then they're going to use the fast travel option. Because again, we've seen it in, um, uh, fallout, uh, new Vegas, there was a tram system that you could get on and move across the map with. And, I took it like twice. Mm-hmm. Every time after that, it was just fast travel. Totally forgot about and, that. And and I mean and and again, it's like you look back at like the videos and the the content that was created for that game, and how many of it featured the subway? Like nothing, literally nothing. And I think here, like even if you made the subway full of like interesting conversations, you could you know spy on or or interesting things that you could look at or some role play stuff you you might get it's a lot of people would get really bored of it really quickly and would just feel like they're you know feel like this is a not a fun aspect of the game and it's like why why bother that's i think i think that's kind of what it feels like yeah i would rather yeah. invest the resources into something else that's actually going to be a huge um because keep in mind if peop- if developers are working on a subway system that means that that they cannot work properly on other things and mm-hmm. if you focus too much time on a feature which is not that important and you disregard the feature which is important you create a double problem and it serves mm-hmm. no one yeah so and yeah. they were utilizing real um city city designers and builders right they had that them on the team so they're probably that the the world that they've implemented is still going to feel you know organic you're still going to be able to explore it without the subway the subway is a, okay people wanted it it, it would have fit in the world but is it a huge deal not really yeah yeah kind of kind of the same with car customization uh, but first yeah i was I, I i'm not gonna lie and say that i wasn't completely um, not disappointed. That's not the word I'm seeking. But I was like, oh, there, there's no character customization. But it is what it is. But as an alternative, they offered something else to have rare cars, cars that you actually have to really work hard to get. And one uh, plus in all of that is that they can focus on actually designing interiors and making each car unique in its own way through interior and exterior. Mm-hmm. And that's what they said. They have a separate team for vehicles that are designing these things to make them look yeah. different, to make them feel different and drive different and et cetera, et cetera. And we, we've seen examples of what the cars look like inside. They all look radically different, right? Because they have the four different styles that they're abiding by. And yeah, they, they look great inside. I would have liked to like maybe swap out the vehicle. Um, sorry, the, the wheels and stuff like that for mm-hmm. stats, for stats reasons. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think this is one of these things that we can see them expand on later in the future. But again, coming back to the the development side of things, with this engine and the way that they are building this, you can't really have a Lego system when it comes to the cars. Like 
you know, swapping out suspension wheels, uh, you know, back fins, like exhaust ports, uh, different speeds, like like changing the alter, altering the the mechanics of the car as well. This is something that is just I, I I mean I never expected them to be able to manage to squeeze this in on release. If it's very popular, and if this becomes one of the primary like modded systems for the game down the road, then I I suspect quite strongly that we'll see them pop it in an expansion at some point. But for now, it's just like it's <clears throat> the the way that the, the systems are designed. Each car is built individually, and it's suspension it's ride it's drive how it feels all of that is different from vehicle to vehicle to vehicle and trying to insist or like create something that that doesn't have that is would be like would be you know would cheapen the experience a little bit at the same time of just needlessly making it complex for a system that most people are not going to use that much but Mm -hmm. we'll see because you know again where what aspects of this game become popular we don't know yet like with the brain dance and with some of this other stuff it's like these mechanics may or may not become like you know very popular or not and we just don't know uh, i just want to say one thing x-rain uh it's not defending cdpr and everything it's having an opinion which you think we are defending someone i why, why would i defend someone just because of that like it doesn't make sense i don't have any financial gain from them and why would I even do that blindly? So if, if we talk about something, I'm not talking about to suck up to CDPR or any one of that. You, you, if you've been following my channel for a while, you know if there is some things that I don't like, I will talk about them. So it's talking and agreeing with something from a logical perspective does not mean blindly defending CDPR. It's talking about what? it. Last note, do you want us to uh, do you want us to to quickly uh, segue into a third person camera again? Because we can we can do that to prove how much we disagree with the with some certain yeah. certain design decisions that we made it very clear directly to the to the uh, people that that come on the show from the company that we didn't like. Not all of us are in agreement with this decision, so. No. Again, anybody who says that we're we're pandering is like no, because There's one of their biggest it. decisions. Is... The subject that really grinds my gears. So mm-hmm. you have companies like Electronic Arts that does like horrible things, and you have uh, big gaming outlets defending microtransactions, and hey, everything is okay. But whatever the project that does that people disagree, not even a, a thing as as predatory transactions. I mean, not, not something mm-hmm. as great as that. Something as stupid as removing one feature among literally thousands and -hmm. people jump on them like it was the end of the world why why this double standard no yeah because it's it and this is this is a really shocking thing it's like it's like you know i've i've seen people some youtubers that i that i long time ago used to watch and respect their opinion on they'll get up and they'll defend the the concept of predatory microtransactions aimed at children despite now the fact that that the um that the british part house of lords and their their review on the process basically said that this is uh, egregious and horrendous and must be addressed immediately and yet for some odd reason you know these people well you know making making games are really expensive and it's really hard to do and like you know you can't make a game now that actually is fun without like you know piling in microtransactions just cuz 
It's like, they'll defend that, but, like, you're like, oh, you know what? They cut wall running from the game. Oh, burn the witch. It's like, yeah. excuse me? Like, also, like, a different, another thing, I mean, in every single piece of gameplay that we've seen so far, there was a legend on the top that clearly mm-hmm. said, this is a work in progress. Doesn't represent the final game. I believe that this cannot be made more clear. Mm-hmm. They take something up. I mean, if the change was, I don't know, putting microtransactions in the game when they promised they wouldn't, I would understand the general angriness at it. Of course. But we knew that we go, they were going to change features. What's the big deal about it? I mean, maybe you like this feature and you feel bad because they didn't put it. I can understand that. What I don't understand is crucifying the company like mm-hmm. they made a promise. No, the only promise they made is that this is a work in progress and things may change. Yes. And I mean, and the next have, thing... They still had that on their most recent Night City Wire too. So they're going to have that up until the end probably, right? Yeah, they could do more changes. I mean, the game is out, out in November. Mm-hmm. And they're still tweaking things. And I mean, so one of the things on the list, I, do we want to move on to this one now, is that, that I'm really, I, I am actually legitimately like sad about because... I was really looking forward to this one was the flathead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. People, so people I, are talking about all everything else except the the techie, which is like <laughs> one of the more one of the bigger features that was yeah. quote unquote cut, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, was I? I honestly, honestly, I'm not totally sure what happened here. Was it cut, cut, or was it integrated with the gameplay in a different the, way? The techie, so the techie skills were yes. mostly integrated because there's a lot of overlap, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not, this isn't as deep as uh, an actual pen and paper tabletop game of, of it, of cyberpunk. So there's, you know, when you're doing that, you know, the journalist uh, class, the, the, um, the rocker boy class, the techie class, and the, you know, a couple of the other classes, they are all have their really important things that they need to do within the confines of the pen and paper, the tabletop experience. But when you're doing a game that's action-y, that's a single player type experience with a single, like a single main protagonist and maybe a second like companion character, um, you don't run into that scenario of needing those, those extra things. So there was a lot of generalized overlap and so they've integrated it. All, all, most of the techie skills that were not um, duplicates or essentially came down to being a duplicate thing, most of them were fed into the techie or fed into the the um, the netrunner class. Yeah, uh, but the 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 flathead, the actual companion for the flathead, that was the only, that's the biggest thing that I look at, and I went, oh man, yeah. that sucks because. That was that was the one thing that kind of really made the techie class actually like, you know, an actual techie because I see the net runner as more of like the stealthy, like you know, uh, debuffer or like you know hacker type. The techie to me was like the 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 character who had like the ability to like call in pets or to like utilize like you know more vehicles and armored like armored you know stuff like. Like I was anticipating that we would actually at some point get like one of those exoskeletons for the techie class, but that is a lot of like extra work that I think they just kind of ran out on time for because that is that is a I mean that's a lot of additional mechanics for a game to feature just one class. 
Yeah, yeah. And people were talking a lot, a lot about customization, and they, it, this, this is something that I find especially amusing, because people are talking about lack of customization in the game, in the classic way of customizing your experience, which is customizing visuals. You want to customize your car. You want to customize these things. When we're talking about a game, when you can customize your story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is a big thing to remember, and you you put it out quite clearly. Is like, is like the reminder again. This is not a racing game. This is not Grand Theft Auto first and foremost. There's some things that overlap with this within this game, but they've always said this is an RPG first. You're not playing this game for you know excellent top tier uh, SMG gunplay. You're playing it for the story and the RPG factor of the game. Not for you know, not not so that you could develop a racing game and race around Night City twenty four seven and ha have a collection of like fifty eighty cars. It's like while that's good to have and that's something that can be built into the world, it's not what most people are looking for. Yeah, period. And the, te the techie still exists in the, in the mm -hmm. game. It's just part of the story loop. It's not part of the gameplay loop. Yeah, because the the journalists, the media. The, the 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 ripper docs all of those classes still exist within the game they're mm -hmm. still there it's just they're not they're not playable by the main protagonist via this story because it's they had to narrow it down at some point i would have loved and i still am my my preferred way to go about this and i really hope that they do this for the multiplayer is i really want that tabletop experience of like when we're getting into a game it's like we can bring all of those classes in and have that experience of doing a mission or doing like a very difficult thing um, with, you know, with having a media class, with having a, a rocker boy, with having a, a ripper doc and then having a solo, you know, that's something that I want to see in the multiplayer. And I'll be very upset if the multiplayer just turns into, you know, one or two different builds of like the solo and it's just a gun. It's just a, a battle arena, essentially. Right. Like that, that would be incredibly disappointing to me personally. Yeah, um, for, I, agree. I think we have Paris in the chat. Uh, welcome, Paris, and uh, thank you, Senegos, for two dollar donation. Greetings, programs. Um, yeah, yeah. There's and look at this. Um, there is a lot of games that you played. Everyone in the chat, like God of War, whatever, and a lot of these games have more enclosed development, meaning they don't share a lot of info. Honestly, Cyberpunk has been sharing a lot of info. They have to do it, of course, for commercial and marketing reasons, but they were really going in-depth on the progression of the game. You would be surprised how many features get cut um, in the during development of many games that you never knew that even existed or were planned or whatever. It's a very normal thing which happens. And I get it. I get it. You have every right. For everyone that like, yeah, sure, you're disappointed that it's, it's not a feature anymore. Of course, it's your right to do. But to go full anger on it, I never understood it because... It, it's not like a big thing. Yeah, if they implemented microtransactions all of a sudden, then yes, that's bad. Mm -hmm. But it, it's not that. You have to realize how ambitious CDPR is from the get-go too, right? They want to put everything in the kitchen sink in the game at first. And then so it's only naturally that natural that they scale down. And, you know, some things get cut, some things might get added. In The Witcher 3, how many th how many things were cut? I think I saw a comment in the, in the chat that said, um, if you were to compare what's been cut so far on Cyberpunk versus The Witcher... Um, the Witcher was a lot more, and that we know we all know how that game turned mm -hmm. out, right? So, 
Yeah, especially when it comes to like the biggest thing with The Witcher was uh, the do- little downgrade in graphics. Um, oh yeah, that was a big. Yeah, that was like a feature, like <gasps> which caused. And yeah, it, at that time it was like, oh, it, what what the game is gonna be about? And when the game came out, you know, it had its flaws, of course, in some areas, but it g- genuinely was a great game, in my opinion, my personal opinion. Um, and because of that, because of The Witcher, because of The Witcher Two, because of The Witcher One, um, that a lot of people skip. I, I can see why I have higher trust in this company than any other to 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 um, create a good game. They they still have to dis- they they're still yet to disappoint me. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, I think um, yeah, Witcher was buggy and overrated. <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure it was. Yeah. Meanwhile, I just, that's what I said in my previous CDPR video. Being one of the most famous companies right now, being a company which is known um, for good things, if you make one thing which is bad, it, it multiplies by 100%. Like if EA cuts something from the game, like, eh, yeah, sure, it's EA. <laughs> it happens. It, it's just a normal thing in every game. But... There is one feature I want to talk about, which is really interesting, and that's body language. We had a interview on um, Game Informer. Um, I'm going to link it uh, a bit later, uh, where Pavel Pavel Sasko talks a lot about body language and characters, and from that perspective, that's what really is one of the best be- features because you will have to pay close attention to the body language of characters of sub- some characters you are interacting with so they might try to deceive you they might try to do something that they'll say something then they'll do something else so what do you think about remember, that sorry oh, no. i remember when la noir came out this is one of, this was one of the main the main features of the game mm-hmm. that you had to investigate and you had to pay attention to the body to the body language of the npcs you were talking to to find out if they were lying and this multiplied this inside an RPG can be in- incredibly interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True, true. Especially because each and every single one of those characters has their own agenda, probably, and it might not be uh, towards you. And one thing which definitely increased that because at first I, d- I didn't know that body language was actually going to be a thing in Cyberpunk. I thought it's going to be more based on like the the, the options you have in the dialogue menu. Um, but to have that on top of that, it's really, it's really cool. And plus, it, it's a dynamic sort of a, a dialogue system where you can just you can do an action while you're talking to someone like the Maelstrom Royce. Um, you can just shoot him in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that part of the trailer. <laughs> I love that part of the trailer. That's what I wanted to do since the first time that I saw the demo. I shot him in the head. But this, it's I believe that it's very, very interesting how this. Adds li- layers of of uh, complexity to dealing with NPCs because we are so used that in uh, in uh, in fictional narratives, people always say the truth, quote unquote. I mean, mm-hmm. not always, but it's like super obvious when people are lying and super obvious when people are saying the truth. And the fact that you can put liars to constantly second guess what you're doing. Uh, I guess that the game is not going to be especially rewarding with people that it's trust easy that trust easily on other people because this is Night City. 
And how they go into develop that can be very interesting because obviously people are not black or white. People can do good things and at the same time do horrible things. People can be so kind to you and then uh, when you turn your back, stab you in your back. And everybody's looking for the interest and what is people interested in? I believe it's going to be one of the most important things to find out to deal with NPCs appropriately. Yes. Yes. And they also said like the body language and those sort of features, they won't be random. They, they're they actually going to be crafted to make sense. So it's not like every character is going to be randomly like lying to your sis, telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. Only a couple, not couple, they didn't specify the numbers, but they will actually think about how to properly implement it so it makes sense in situations that it's not like, oh, God damn it, that was random because, and yeah. You're able to free look during those cutscenes, right? So you can see additional context from mm-hmm. all the NPCs in the back. So it's not even the body language or just the person that you're talking to straight up, right? It's the people around him, right? Maybe the guy in the back is sketching out because they're about to do something and maybe you, you catch on to that. Mm-hmm. That also plays into it. I think I think they mentioned in the some of the people in the previews that your your screen was only locked at one particular moment, and that that CDPR said this would only happen four or five times throughout the entire game. Yeah, you can walk and talk with NPCs. I mean, if they yeah. want to walk. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah. that sort of a uh, having that dynamic, uh, how would I say, conversation really. I don't know, for me, that's that's a feature that I like for an for a game like this, for an RPG like this, not a sandbox, but an RPG. Um, mm. And people assume that I that I hate GTA because we compare it. No, it, I have hundreds of hours in that game. Trust me, it's one of my just favorite. a different game. Yeah, just a different. Like game. we said the other day with uh, Legacy, one day it will be the other way round. This is a cyberpunk. <laughs> GTA Six will be compared with Cyberpunk Twenty Seventy Seven. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. whenever they want to release GTA 6 I know there's the rumor that they're working on it I don't want to participate in this rumor I'm sure they'll have the questions like why can't you swap out your junk and, and just install new stuff where's the where's the, uh, where's the rotating like um, the, the rotating like lighted up one with the, the you know moving pistons and, and all that stuff I'm trying not to say anything I should but it's like where where is all that stuff in the next GTA? And GTA is going to be standing around looking at each other like, oh man, uh oh, we're in, <laughs> we're in a bit of a bind here. <clears throat> so yeah, no, I I I think a lot of people that are comparing this to GTA are are really comparing the wrong thing. It's like yeah, there's some similarities, then I, I think that's where that ends. No. See a lot of discussion about Jackie. Um, I think I think the Jackie that scene yeah for some people yeah it was a it was a bit spoilery but at the same time they showed you through that shock what can happen if you make bad decisions i think that was very effective and mm-hmm. technically jackie jackie does not die if you make good decisions i believe i believe Hope well so. that's probably still part of the prologue as well too right because uh, they, they mentioned that everything that they showed at night city war was part of the the mm-hmm. prologue mm-hmm. and the gig trailer had the uh the 2019 cgi sequence at the end with dex and and johnny and stuff like that right mm-hmm. so that's still part I of the prologue as we know i so remember when that when that uh, trailer came out we were discussing because we thought we thought that they uh, they were uh, entering 
at a stack of premises, and we were right. Yeah, mm. we were right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I would. I mean, if I were to compare this game to anything, it would be more to Deus Ex on a larger scale, rather than mm-hmm. anything else. Um, but still, still well, the- comparing games like. It's a slippery slope. I mean, it seems it, it it seems to me that sometimes when people compare compare two games, it's only looking at the visuals of it, like uh, the parts the parts of the gameplay that can be easily seen. Like uh, yeah, I can drive, I can customize the junk, but there are plenty of mechanics inside a game that uh, if they are well done, you are not seeing them. Like this way of organizing the dialogues, for instance, this is super organic. Mm-hmm. Nobody's contemplated this as a, as a gameplay feature when it actually is. And it's very different from your, your standard video game where the dialogues tend to be very static and you cannot perform actions at the same time you talk. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean this has never been before, but it has never seen before, but it's not the standard. And things like that. There are plenty of things like that in Cyberpunk. And these are also features, and these are also difficult to implement and difficult to in- innovate on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, they're trying to work on every single feature you saw, like driving, like shooting. Of course, they're still optimizing that. They they don't want to. Uh, they don't want to fall short on that. Of course, they're doing their best to to. To make it as it is, but the first and foremost goal is to have this game be an RPG first. And when you have, yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I'm done. I was going to say this this build what that that the previewers were uh, were playing was a month old, was it not? And they still have four months. And they Mm -hmm. said that there were features that they didn't have Mm -hmm. in in the game, like there was a Forza Four driving build or something like that that they hadn't had in the in the game. So I one of the one of the things that annoyed me the most is that um, I I I know enough about kind of some of the things that people had to agree to. One of them was the was a clear statement saying, "Hey, there are areas of the game that are turned off. No NPCs, no story, no quests. This is turned off so that you don't spoil stuff for yourself later on, because we only want people reporting up to the pre-chip." part like reporting that pre-chip gameplay essentially the glorified tutorial post chip like once you get johnny in your head that's a completely different world and they are very being very careful what they put out there so was made very clearly and aware in these letters and emails that they wrote that these people received that you know there are parts of the game that are turned off what did i hear from a bunch of Journalists, right from the get-go, you know, it seemed I. I'm really worried because I arrived in one area of the city and there were nothing. There was nothing there. There was no. There was no NPCs. All of these doors were like closed with these like giant like you know things that it looked like they were just kind of dropped in there to prevent me accessing this building. Like, did you read the letter? What, did, what you, was did you read the letter at all? Like, just there, like some like, big block. Blockades that were like stopping you from going to yeah, different going go to places. Now again, I haven't played it, so I can't say exactly how it was done. But I, this is this is this is stuff that happens in games. You know, I, last week or week before, I raged about another game where I'm in there and some journalist comes into the the Discord. This Discord is for press and game devs only. 
he comes in and he goes, uh, guys, you know, I'm really, I just can't get over seeing the pink blob in the game. What is this thing for? Like, what, like, is, is there something wrong with my graphics card? No, that's a placeholder graphic, you twit. Like, you, you're supposed to be somebody who knows about this. Like, come on, like, wake up. Like, did you just start your job today? Like, have you never, ever, 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 ever played a game that was like, you know, a year away from release? Like, this stuff is pretty common. And again, see it here. A bunch of the people that they picked, not a bunch, a, a small few, a small few of the people that they picked are, are like privately going around saying, you know, I'm really concerned about the game because the, you know, I just walked into an area and there was nothing there. It's like, good God. Okay, of mm-hmm. course there was nothing there. It was turned off. It was made very clear in the paper that you signed to say that yes, you would not you know, you would not talk about this or or highlight this because you know it's off for a reason. It's not that there's nothing there. It's that it's been turned off so you don't spoil yourself. Like good God, like yeah, being, being fair isn't going to give them yeah. clicks. They got to get they got to get, <laughs> no, no. get their headline out there. That says... Well, I, I think I think I don't I don't remember seeing an article where they covered this directly. It was like it was like inside talk. So so it's like they're like. Wow. I got you. So their editor or somebody looked at it and said, yeah, this isn't supposed to be in here and either deleted it from their profile or, or something. Cause, because again, it's like, it's like, I don't understand how, like, I hear this from people in the industry. It's like, it's like, good, like, it's just your job, like your everyday job. Like you're not some like, you know, gamer, you're not some, somebody who's coming at this from a hobby perspective or from like a content consuming perspective. You're somebody who's supposed to know about this stuff. When you see a, blue or or a pink floating ball with a question mark on it if you're if you've been doing your job you know that that's a placeholder graphic they should they, you know they when should you, just see, you see two red lines across the screen and an x that means that this is where a cinematic is supposed to play like again common stuff that most people can figure out apparently unless you went for to school for this for like you know four years then then uh, that completely goes over your head for some odd reason. And it, it really irritates me. I'm super irritated by it. I don't know they if should, you can tell. On, chill. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. They should start slapping work in progress on like every single NPC's forehead. So like, But, when, but even like... that doesn't work. <laughs> okay, chill, chill. Yeah, I I'd like to answer a question that's in the chat from mm. Bakus Mango that said, I'm sorry, I don't understand you saying how you didn't think they could fit vehicle customization in it. It's actually that isn't actually that difficult, blah, blah, blah. Everything in game design is 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 hard. I mean, mm-hmm. why the fuck do you think they crunch? Comments like this are very disrespectful to the hard work of developers. Nothing in a game is easy, nothing. Yeah, it's also that not very... That they do it with such mastery that it seems, mm-hmm. that it seems easy, maybe. But that doesn't mean that it is. They crunch for a fucking reason. Mm-hmm. And this I, is because I, doing games is not easy. I, I I need to I need to just cover it because again this this really irritates me. And I, again I I'm not trying to get after you the listener, but no car customization is not easy. In this game, each vehicle is its own model. It has its own textures. It has its own um, mesh. That mesh is not something that you can just drag and drop things on like you know your character you're dragging on a new a new top or new piece of armor or something like that this system is if it's not created for this system from the ground up it's just not there that includes 
Um, you know, sometimes you can do paint jobs relatively easily. I mean, that's not too, that's just, that's just the outer, like, um, you know, that's just the outer layer of it. But like when we're talking customization, we're talking like real customization, like just changing the rims from just regular old, like fancy rims to like spinning rims. That is not something that can just snap your finger and do in this particular case, because these are, these are uniquely designed models from the ground up. You can't just slap on something and have it work in the same way. It it just it 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 doesn't work that way in this particular case. Now, could they have, you know, completely changed this? Could they have gone with like a Lego setup where you 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 know in in a lot of Need for Speed games you know you have the you know you have the uh, the the wheel chassis frame and then you can you just keep on stacking stuff on top of that until you have a completed car. You can, but there are like there are game engines that spend eighty percent of the resources on that on those cars. Like there's a reason why there's a Need for Speed doesn't have a, a game that has come out where you're driving in regular traffic with thousands of other cars on the roads all at the same time. You don't have that because nobody has made that technology available. So please don't like again, not trying to be insulting, but that there is no way that anybody could make this system it like the closest we've gotten to it is a handful of games that 80 percent of the focus of the game is driving there's not even that full level customization that some people are suggesting there's not even that in grand theft auto they still haven't they you know years what's been seven years they finally started to add some of that concept to it again uh it's just not something that's possible if you're looking at it and going, well, they're just being lazy because they didn't add the ability to swap out the, the, the frame or do a lift kit. It's like, could they do a, like a paint job? Sure. Can they do like a, you know, alter the, the wheels and the suspension on the vehicle? Can they add out, you know, a completely different um, mechanical engine for it? No, 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 not without running their head into a wall full blast because it's mm-hmm. just not, the tech is just not there, period. It can get there, but it's like we're talking like late next generation for mm-hmm. for having a system that's as deep as Cyberpunk is and also having a car customization system that is, you know, that deep. It's taken seven years for a comparative game to add some level on that, and the graphics are not even nearly as complex, and they don't have nearly a complex... Uh, um, npc system as as cyberpunk does so again you're you're looking and asking for something that just doesn't exist period yeah yeah so of course like don't think like the you the viewers don't think that um it's forbidden to criticize or to talk about and provide feedback to Mm -hmm. cdpr of course you're allowed but um you're open to talk. If you, if you think some things like oh i think this was okay i think this wasn't okay it's normal totally fine but mm-hmm. I have seen some comments of people actually insulting the devs and everything. Like, there is no, there is no reason for that. There is no point. Mm-hmm. Providing, I mean, I don't actually, think no one's holding a gun to your head making you play this yeah. game. Play yeah. something and, else. And again, I'm not, I'm not angry at the the average gamer who doesn't know that that you know the the how the mesh system works when you're making a game. I'm, I'm absolutely not. That's not your job. I get annoyed with like you know journalists who that is their job. They're supposed to like 
take, you know, five to 10 hours to review that subject so that they can speak on it from an educated perspective. The average gamer is like, no, go ahead and ask these questions because they're important questions. And, and again, I understand why you want car customization in the game. And I'm telling you right now, if this game lasts for seven years, you're going to get it for sure. I can, I can almost promise you that because a modders will probably make it happen relatively quickly, but you're not going to be able to play it on, you know, the baseline Xbox once they, once they get in there and start doing that stuff because the baseline Xbox isn't and, and PlayStation. It's just not going to last. Yeah. So, um, we have another donation. Thank you, Black Gamer, for five euros. Hey, dude, uh, want to know? Do you think they will cancel a lot of gameplay features still released because impossible to optimize? Now, I don't, I don't think they will cancel a lot of uh, gameplay features. Of course, there could be changes, but I doubt that it's gonna be something really, really um, big. And sometimes it's, it's not, it's, it's that you cannot, you cannot make it to work. It either takes a lot of time or it takes a lot of um, resources from the company, which can be spent into something else, which which let's say is a more important feature, um, and more a feature that will you use more constantly um, throughout the game. So yeah, it's always like that. You have games that um, remove certain things, add certain things, and throughout the years, a lot of that has been actually done um, internally where you don't know, you don't know what they changed. So yeah, hopefully that answers your question. So there could be more changes, of course, for as long as the the, the text on the top is saying that, um, work in progress, you're, you're going to have maybe changes. Um, maybe something will be removed. We don't know. We still have yet for the game to come out in November. I'd like to add something to this because the question specifically asked if, if, um, shit, what's the word? Optimization. If optimization is the reason why features are removed, because that's what I understand from the question. Optimization is one thing, and usually features are not removed Mm. for that. Optimization in the sense of optimizing the game for platforms. Obviously, optimizing, uh, polishing the game for working. Yeah. You may be developing a feature and spend a lot of time developing a feature. And when you finish, you see it in, you know, together with the rest of features, and you may think, those doesn't work the way I thought it was going to work. And then remove it. And then later, you add a different feature, and you think, oh, that feature that I removed the other time, now now looks well with this other, other thing. And that's how development works. You know, you add, you remove, you add, you remove, you add, you, you remove. That's one of the reasons why a lot of developers rather not giving a lot of information about their games while they are developing. Because the general public uh, believes that this is a linear thing, that they start, they finish, and they always go in the same direction. But things are not like that, because games are massive, and you have to take a lot of decisions that maybe when you once you see the, the game together, because you're working on a game, and for five years, you may be working with your imagination only because you're not seeing all the pieces together. And when you see them together is when you say, well, with this, with this doesn't work, this, we should change it. And yes, it's important. It's important always have in mind that games are an iterative process and things can change. And the changes doesn't mean that they don't want to develop something or that uh, they can't because don't have the resources. It can mean an insane amount of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
There was also a question about um, ray tracing. That's basically uh, the, 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 the rendering technique where they can actually generate the image by tracing light. That's why they, they trace the ray of the light and make it look uh, realistic and how it bounces off of things. And there's various other things which I'm not re really well versed in. So, yeah. Talking about talking about uh, criticizing things, I believe that it's time that we talk about what I personally believe that is the worst thing that we saw so far in the last gameplay. Hmm? Katanas. Yes. Silhouettes. Yes. For me, that part of the gameplay was too clunky. I didn't especially like the animations. Uh, they didn't look very realistic. Also, I understand that there's a, an added problem in showing a good a good uh, animation and a good mechanic for, for melee weapons when you're on, on first person. But uh, I'm not convinced at all. True. Uh, there was in that B-roll, there was, there was a small uh, snippet of using the Mantis Blade. And <laughs> it was kind of funny. I was just... Uh, remove the head, um, but yeah, like uh, for me, like what when I've seen the 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 fist fighting, yeah, it was it was okay when it comes to feedback. I didn't like the numbers in the middle. Like I I really don't like the numbers, the the damage numbers in the middle. I get why they're there. If you can actually like see it count and for people who actually want to have mm -hmm. them, of course. But I, I think I don't know. It's like it felt mm -hmm. a little bit clunky when you do something when you're attacked. Like it it almost like there is no. No, I think they, I think they really dialed up the auto aim because I was reading a couple of previews and they said that auto aim was like super strong, so it might look a little janky on screen because mm. of that. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with the melee. Just overall, it didn't look. Just fantastic. remember that. I mean, I think we've been confirmed now that um, UI stuff like that is optional, and the hard mode or like the hardest mode of the game does remove most of those, I believe. So. Yeah, I think that is a rumor for now because that's that's what I remember hearing. But I don't I don't think that's been confirmed confirmed. But I I do remember hearing that um, not that was straight that, from that the UI designer. Yeah, yeah, there's multiple things in the UI that are like on you know on you can turn off or on, and and I would imagine that we can turn off auto aim. I I really don't like it when when the gameplay. Ha is is on with auto aim. I really, really don't like that. It's um, it's janky, like you said. It it creates kind of a janky thing. But again, this is something that is industry standard. So every every first person um, shooter that incorporates auto aim into their system showcases it with that auto aim turned on because it supposedly creates a smoother um, smoother experience for the for the watcher. So. For the watcher or the player, for the for the person watching the the because it's footage, mm, right? I suppose. But, footage, yeah, yeah. But they were not, still forced not for to the use. Player. Yeah, they they were forced to use a controller, right? Uh, I don't think anybody yeah. could. Could people use mouse and keyboard? I think maybe the no. people that were streaming it could. No, no, it was turned off. So and there was nobody who was streaming it. Well, they they were streaming it via GeForce now to to people who could make it to the events, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. No. They were. Yeah. Sorry. I, I misunderstood what you were saying. No. The, the footage that's all been released, all of the footage that's been released, has been with that auto aim and uh, gamepad. Like mm -hmm. you can tell just from the smoothness of the 
of the of the panning and stuff that goes on it's like that's that's a, right. obviously a controller right it's not a mm. it's not a mouse and keyboard mm -hmm. yeah and i i really wish they actually like obviously they're going to work on it try and make it as best as they can but i think for you know for a lot of people i think melee would be a, a really viable gameplay choice a character choice um because melee weapons um melee builds um are a thing here and um, we still have to see. Um, so far, it definitely needs work. And um, again, work in progress. So hopefully, hopefully that's a bit more, I don't know, a little bit more smoothness in a sense, which of course can be can be optimized. But um, I also like hit registration uh, in, in, in when, you, when I'm using melee weapons in a sense. It, when you, you know, when you strike and there's that really nice feedback to it and the way someone reacts to it. For me, that's that's a something i like when when i'm doing melee combat in a sense but i i have i don't know many games that i actually enjoyed melee combat in the first place it's really difficult i don't know maybe you know sib more about that it's really like it's really difficult to create a good melee system especially from first person it's really for, challenging for first person the the i think it's like Ghost. kingdom come deliverance is about the only one that offered something fairly unique it's uh, it's a matter Shadow of Warrior as well Shadow Warrior as well. yeah so there's a couple of things that you have to to realize is like like when you're in a first person um when you're doing first person melee combat there's a section of space between your character and um that that is in like a, another dimension of space you know you it's like when you run up to the wall and you can still see see your weapons like you know, moving up against the wall. Now, most games have this, not all games, but I'm just using some basic, like, explanation stuff. Mm -hmm. When you run up to a wall in a first-person melee game, same thing with a shooter, uh, when you have your weapons out and you're pressing your character against the wall, so technically they're, like, pressed up against the wall, you st still see your weapons floating there. Unless there's, unless they've added in, like, like a clipping system where that the end of the weapon is is as it is in like third person stuff because it's weird when you're watching you know when you're playing like a cod or something and you're it's all in first person and you're watching other players like shoot not everything always lines up perfectly because when you're watching another character move around because what they see is not what you see and what you see is not what they see as far as that goes so melee system makes it a little bit more worse because you have no peripheral vision and three-dimensional combat is is essentially non-existent in the first person how it's portrayed into the first person play so there's a um so there's a a complexity that that is there in in most like when you take games into third person and you're doing melee you have full arcs you have a peripheral uh, essentially a peripheral vision and then you also have like three-dimensional stuff and then when you incorporate like grapples and holds into it like in like you know say a soul caliber type game um and you're doing flips and stuff like that that adds a level of complexity to the physical melee combat that you can't have in a first person game because your camera would just be like you know literally tumbling you know as you're doing a grapple and a hold and a flip or something like that and you're you're holding you know just like any wrestler they, they do like a grapple and, and they they do a toss and then they you know they grab the person's arm and they hold the person's body with their feet it's like that just doesn't look entertaining when you're playing it from a first person perspective and that's why i I'm, I'm very much against a first person perspective um being the only perspective i i like my favorite games are where you have both 
right? Like where you can swap between them at will um, because that offers the, the best combination of the two worlds at the same time. Um, but yeah, when you're doing this, like you just can't get that same level of depth of like feeling in that third person. So again, this is one of the scenarios where it's like, don't judge this game based off of the, the first person melee combat, because it's like, there's nobody who can do it very much better than this. And they, they, what they have is pretty decent for the most part. Um, I would give it like out of any first person melee type games, I would give it probably an eight out of 10. Um, it's like with the best one probably being like kingdom come deliverance because, but even that in comparison to like a third person melee combat game that has like, you know, backflips, grapples, holds, uh, you know, uh, the ability to attack backwards or, or something like that, that gets a 10 out of 10 for real combat. Whereas compared to a first person combat scenario with the same, you know, with the same kind of generalized, like light, you know, melee combat light stuff that, that would never get more than a five in a, in a direct comparison, but just because this is what we're dealing with, then there's not very much room to grow in that perspective. So, Yeah. Yeah, not right now. But yeah, the melee the melee combat from third person is always the best. First person yeah. is Dying, Dying Light has some good stuff, but it mm -hmm. is it's not um it's not realistic at all. It's all it's all like, you know, uh it's all like this parkour thing that's really like this really really exaggerated to the point where like you have to do it because that's that's how it works and it works well for mm -hmm. that game like it it really does work well for that game just as like you know the kingdom come combat system works well really well for that game and how you're trying to incorporate it but that is nowhere near what you what I would hope for eventually is something that we'll see in the future when it comes to when it comes to melee combat in games you know I want to see I want to see grapples I want to see holds I want to be see you know flips and the you know um bring it up again uh Jedi Knight Academy had the ability to to you know you know when you're fighting with lightsabers to like do a backward stab and like that's something that you just I mean you can't really replicate that in in a first person scenario so mm. like you there's no point in even trying or expecting that somebody could so that's where you kind of have to step back and say no I'm not going to judge this game poorly based off of the how the first person mechanics that are not really designed they're like they're not really good in that first person um because it's just it's just not that fields like it's just not that particular thing like dying light is never going to become the the dying light style of mechanics is never going to become like the standard for for the industry because it's kind of it's a little it's a sort of niche style in the way that it handles combat it's very good and again mm. the parkour system is really like if you enjoy that parkour like you know uh running stuff like it's very good for that but it is not something that can hold a candle to uh the complexity of of a third person combat system or in an actual like an actual real first person perspective in the form of like um the half-life 2 alex right half-life 2 alex there's no melee in it but the the weapon the weapon technology in there was was mind-blowingly good for you know for this first generation of like real like shooters designed for that from the ground up and then published on under like a triple a level it's like that game really is going to set trends and for the future but it's not something that we can expect from currently existing first person games within the con without the confines of of um opening the door to vr right mm -hmm. so there's 
there's that so there's this big step of like extra complex complexity that that like again it's like it it just it limits you in a certain ways and that's just the way it is because in in a real scenario with with melee and even i mean in, even in some cases with shooters like when you're doing like like gunfu right gunfu is something that i would expect to see in a cyberpunk universe but we don't get to do that here because again the limitations of the first person and indeed the limitations of of it being on a screen instead of being something that you can like dive into like a full dive or like a, a vr setup just can't it can't replicate that but that's what we want that's where we're hopefully heading in like you know five to to 15 years from now it's like we want to see that that kind of evolution of that moving towards that because they would just i mean again if you've never seen a good gun foo um and yes that's right uh uh, uh rinta rinta ru in the in the comments gun foo is where it's like you're you're doing melee and blocking sometimes you're armed with like a weapon like a melee weapon and a gun or like you're just using two guns and you're like blocking and and doing stuff with that it's like um there's a couple of other, other examples for it but it's like it's really cool it's really fun and there's nothing more exciting than doing a gung fu type thing when you're actually doing it but it's incredibly yes equilibrium was the that was the movie right yeah yeah, it was really solid. Like that's the kind of experience that's going to be really, really cool. That's not going to hold a candle to somebody like you know sniping at something. Like sniping is like you're laying there and you're just shooting at a essentially a two dimensional, um, you know, view. Right? It, mm-hmm. It's it's like that's what sniping experience is. But you know, a gun experience or like like I want to see like a a World War One like bayonetta type mechanic too like eventually that would be crazy crazy cool when you're like you know you're you're literally diving in and out of like trenches and and you know you're you're fighting like with that with that like close quarter stuff it's like that that has some pretty cool stuff that you can Hmm. you can expect to see but we're not we're not at that level of technology so right now you know you have to be happy with what you get and in this case what we have is we have a a pretty decent system um, you know, like I said, probably like first person melee combat, probably an eight out of ten. Like, but it's not it's not my preferred melee combat. I would prefer like melee combat that's that's akin to like a Street Fighter or a Soul Calibur because of all of the different like combat stuff that you can do that you just can't you can't do when you're when you're glued to their eyes and you also can't really do uh without having that like a a, a system that's really designed from the ground up for that. So yeah. yeah. Uh there's also two questions, not question, two comments I want to answer. The first one was uh that um bullet um path ricochet stuff is unrealistic. Yes, technically yes, every bullet is not going to um ricochet in the same direction. That's impossible, mm-hmm. but um at the same time this game is not aiming for that sort of realism of course there's always levels of realism you take with your games let's say if we take um first person shooter starkov being one of the most realistic shooters when it comes to mechanics and how a person moves and etc etc so developers always try to find a sweet spot between the two which fits into their game which fits into their gameplay formula because you cannot have Mm -hmm. let's say arcadey uh, gun combat and then have realistic really 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 realistic uh, melee combat because it doesn't mm-hmm. fit inside the whole idea of the of the gameplay formula 
So yeah. And and again, just uh, pointing out what um, what uh, Ten Tenad in the comments are saying. Um, yeah, they are they they are running into what what some of us would definitely call problems. Like I, I'm I'm definitely in the boat where I wanted both. I, I wanted first person and third person. Um, but the that's not something that I think is necessarily a whole because they've said as we've said number a number of times already in the podcast today is that this is an RPG first, not not a shooter first, not a uh, melee game first. It's not you know that's not where its core is. The core and the heart of this game is story first, role play first, and then you have those other things that are added onto the um, the Sunday on top of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's so many features revolving around first person, that body language, the way you speak, the the, the way mm-hmm. that um, dialogue works. The gameplay is just a means to an end. I think in most of the previews, they said they've spent most of their time talking and, and walking around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just a... Uh... Oh, it's like just just spend just spend any amount of time watching somebody play through a an actual legitimate playthrough of of The Witcher, you know where they're where they're not skipping dialogue and skipping scenes where they're actually like, you know, experiencing the story as it was meant to be played. It's not it's not a, a sword and board or or you know a, a a slashing game. It's an actual like story. Listen, talk, discover, examine. More talk, more discovery, more. Mm-hmm more and more talk and more talk and more talk. And it's like, even when you're doing some of these boss fights, it's like, it's like 40 minutes of story dialogue and interaction following around doing things, you know, interacting with the NPCs. Then you've got 10 minutes of a short boss fight. It's like, that's, that's the game. That's, that's what they're going for. Of course you can go in full guns blazing. I don't know for how long, (laughs) but uh... you can try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can try. <laughs> Going back to this mail thing, there's one mm-hmm. thing that I'm really, really curious about, because uh, if this didn't change, uh, the Kerensik of Boosterware is something that we know. It's in the game. It's a cyberware that is available for V. And this combined with melee combat and combined with things as the uh, like the real arms... It's a combination that can be interesting, can be really interesting, especially especially if you, you know, use your katana at a certain speed that these booster words give you. So the dismemberment should work a little different. But apart from that, yeah, that's a combination that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True, true. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know you know you you don't enjoy dismemberments the same way I do. No, no, I, I think <laughs> I think one thing which, when it came to dismemberments, when I when we when I saw that B roll when the head pops off, it was too clean for me, way too clean. Without now, of course, the person could have again. That's the thing they could have virus in most of their body. That's why you don't have a lot of blood. Um, I I would just add more. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think if you went frame by frame through that section, you see it, the initial frame or two had like a big like gush of blood, and then it oh. just kind of went away. So it might have been a visual bug. I think yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. There should have been more. Yeah. But it's like I also dislike games where it's like it it goes it goes too much for it, and it's like uh, hmm. like not. Like, well, when you're using the strong attack on on the gig trailer with the man displays, mm-hmm. and you you skewer that guy and you pick him up, there's a, there's quite a bit there. So yeah, I don't think it should and, that should be an issue. 
and it's like it's like I'm, I'm not I'm not a super fan of that, but I'm also not opposed to other people enjoying it. Like I do not enjoy you know Mortal Kombat. That game is just gratuitously just too much, just way too much, um, and just zero interest in that. But mm. I'm I'm not opposed to other people saying that it's a good game because it's like it's just not my cup of tea. I it, I don't have a dog in the race. I think you know if you want to think it's a good game, that's that's entirely up to you. I have I I do not wish to um, to make a judgment based off of that because I dislike the game. If I dislike mm-hmm. the game, I'm just not going to talk about it. Was there was there a mention? I remember vaguely hearing about this. I don't know if it was over the weekend or what, but it, there's a streamer mode or something. And I, I'd I'd imagine there's options to turn off gore and stuff like that. But is there like a nudity filter? I remember hearing that somewhere, like a streamer friendly uh, just mode overall. I I I have heard the same rumors. I've heard that there's a streamer friendly <clears throat> mode that turns off essentially all nudity and sex scenes, and then also reduces the amount of of gore and blood that you're gonna see. Um, and and again. I'm okay with that so long as that, you know, I, I really think that Twitch should create a, um, you know, more like, you know, a, a more like, you know, 18 plus kind of mode, not, not for gratuitous stuff, not, you know, obviously not for like a, a prawn hub account or anything like that, but just like, just having the ability to play like games that feature a little bit more nudity and, and, and sex and, and stuff like that, because I, I think that, I think that there's a market for that and that like, I mean, I, I am a little tired of like, you know, Commander Keen is probably one of my, one of my biggest pet peeves in the last like few years. It's like, I grew up playing that game. I'm interested in playing either like either a complete revamp of like what the original game was and just like faithfully keeping to the original concept and just remaking it in way better graphics. I'm okay with that. But part of me also wants to see like what, where's commander Keen? Like I remember playing commander Keen as I was a kid and now I'm an adult. I want to know what commander Keen has been up to in all those years. I would personally love to see like what's happened to him as, as a grown up. Now, again, I'm good with either of those concepts, like either doing a faithful remake of like just having a you know, kid on the pogo stick firing his homemade alien blaster and and knocking enemies out, no violence, just knocking them out and and I think that's cool. I think that's a I think that's a great concept. But I would also really love to see like like did Commander Keen get it on with his uh with his uh he saved oh, oh crap, I can't remember. did he go to save his his uh babysitter or did he go and save his his kid sister i have no idea ah darn i i feel (laughs) terrible now because i'm i'm a big fan of the series and i can't remember if it was like i can't remember if the aliens kidnapped his babysitter or what anyways i would love to know if he got it on with his his babysitter like you know 20 years later i mean that that's just that's just something that i'm curious about so yeah yeah, call me crazy all you want, but I mean, you know, he he, you know, he fought an alien armada. I'm pretty sure that you know, she's got to at least look at him with some favor at, at some point. You know, you know, just 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 wondering again when they're older, not obviously when they're kids, but it's like it's like I I I think gaming can grow up with people. And also do it in a reasonable way. And cyberpunk is one of those things where, and I mean, cyberpunk and CDPR is one of those things where they, they've really kind of done that. It's like, they're not treating you like you're 14 years old. 
Because we're not. The vast majority of gamers are no longer 14 years old. The vast majority of gamers are like in their, uh, I think, averaged out. It's like you're in the mid to late 20s. It's like, can we mm-hmm. get some content that's that's designed for mid to late 20s without either being gratuitous or being just, you know, a, a terrible excuse for smut? Or like, can we get something that's like artistically done well? Like that, that's not, that doesn't need to be that or that doesn't need to like, you know come up with a bunch of random stuff that doesn't make you know doesn't make sense when you look at it from a more you know even perspective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. true will there be space ah <laughs> mad queen <laughs> will there be space nothing nothing I think, she, I think she's still i think she's still away oh. um yeah there was there was the the thing with the crystal palace obviously crystal palace has not been confirmed in the game we do have the uh the orbital air space space center i think mm-hmm. i think um so that's a way to get to it but um it it's not it's not been confirmed maybe as an expansion um it is a it is way a, hmm? Way back, way back when we had Lalea on the podcast, I probably said this like fifty times, but I think she said that we wouldn't be going to space in the main mm-hmm. main uh, mm-hmm. story. So mm-hmm. I'd imagine it'd she, probably she be an expansion. At that uh, now again, that I mean, you got to remember that there, there are some things that um, that CDPR has said and they have lied about because they can't obviously they can't say the truth, right? Yeah, 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 and they've definitely given us a. Uh, taking us for a for a spin before so no you can never you can never be sure yeah because they cannot really they they can't always like it's always uh, when you ask when you ask a dev a question sometimes you can yeah. feel that uh, he just doesn't want to say that it's there and sometimes you know that he says like no we don't have that feature so sometimes they have to mix and match so that you know because it's yeah. difficult. It's no, difficult. Fair. Yeah, when you when you mm-hmm. <laughs> when you ask all these questions to 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 devs, it's like especially if they're mm-hmm. live, they they gotta come up with like a fast answer to like not to spoil anything, and because of course it might be something which is again a feature which might be removed, and they don't want to give people false hope. So sometimes mm-hmm. they might say no, we don't have that, and then they will put it. Um, not generally talking about cyberpunk, but generally about um, about devs. So yeah. as far as uh, somebody's asking a quick question here about uh, the censorship, censorship in Japan, and I have to say that, um, you know, this is one of these scenarios where it's like, yeah, all right, they're, 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 they're censoring nudity in Japan. This is not, essential, this is not necessarily new. They, I mean, they, they censor everything there as much as they possibly can. And now, like five percent of their entire GDP is based off of, um, you know, poor the porn industry or the prawn industry. Sorry. Um, so well, I, I would say that it probably isn't working well for them. So it's really funny when people discuss this thing of censorship on Asia, when uh, on different parts of the world there are different cultural perspectives that mm-hmm. approach sex and violence and nudity. And all these topics, and the approach is is uh, really different. And it, here, I'm not trying to be judgmental. Each culture has its own approach. Europe has one, America has a different, and Asia Asia has a different. And uh, all all uh, have the ratings when it when it comes to entertainment. I mean, here in in Europe, we have the parental guidance. Don't remember the name in the states, 
but it's pretty funny because when a game is developed in Europe that that has the uh, American market in in mind, usually when it comes to nudity, sexuality, and uh, not that much violence, but mostly nudity and sexuality, they go to the American perspective, which is also uh, they do they do this for the market more than the laws. But this is this can be seen as so, some sort of censorship as well. They censor them, themselves because they want to sell in a specific place. And that's why it's so it's so funny for me when when people on on the states criticize censorship on Asia when Europe censors themselves for the for the states. The the market in the states also exercises censorship because they want to see things according to the cultural perspective, the same way as Asians. And by the way, this makes me especially happy because uh, historically AAA games developed in Europe have this thing that they adapt to the American perspective. And so the Project Red is not doing this. They are doing a deeply European game. And I'm, I'm enjoying this part so much. <laughs> yeah, it's no, yes, because I mean, it's, it's my culture. And I, and I don't see it, I, I don't see it, I never see it reflected in blockbusters. And, and unless you go to, you know, European films that are thought to be seen in Europe, and then what does American uh, cinema industry does? They they re they redo the film and change a lot of things to adapt it to the cultural American perspective. And there's remakes of Spanish films that are very good, remakes that have an American version that is completely different to adapt it to the cultural perspective. Hmm. And this is something that uh, on, on high-end budget product uh, entertainment products is usually not seen and i'm super glad that to the break that said well, well well okay we're europeans and we're going to do it our way we don't <laughs> fuck around <laughs> uh gamer girl 5317 thank you for five dollars gamers that i know are not in their 20s i know many over 30 some in their 50s uh, I'm in my 50s and have played since PlayStation 2 at least 30 years. Yes, gaming has been around for a while. A lot of people that mm -hmm. grew up playing NES or like even before mm -hmm. that are older now. So, yes. And also, too. Yeah, actually. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, just to say one thing about, yeah, nudity and how it is here. And it's not only that um, it, it's it's done to like showcase the European way of, of nudity, but it's also, it's really important to that world of cyberpunk. Um, so it's not like they put in the, the, the whole customization just eh, just to be cool. It's actually, it is um, very tied to cyberpunk going all the way from the, the tabletop RPG of creating your character, creating your own story. So yeah. Mm-hmm. The girl with the dragon tattoo, original, much better. Well, yes, yes, they changed. There's, there's, uh, there was a very famous, it was very famous in Spain, film called Open Your Eyes, that uh, was a revolution for the for the filmmaking industry of Spain. The, the film was fantastic, and it got remade in the states, starring Tom Cruise. And uh, all, I mean. It was it was thought to be realistic of the life of a uh, of a rich kid that was on on his twenties and he went to parties and have drugs, and the American version instead of having having drugs they drink a lot, and uh, I, at least here in Spain drugs are very popular amongst rich people because they can't afford them, 
but things like things like that things are adapted to the cultural perspective of a specific place and also it's very typical from the entertainment industry of the states of removing anything that has a certain personality to be able to reach to as much as much people as possible and these specific things that give the product personality is what make the product interesting if you remove all of it then you have pure shit. Also happened the same with Ghost in the Shell, the remake. They removed all the parts that they are. Uh, uh, they removed all, all the parts that were interesting about Ghost in the Shell. And they created something that that was only the shell. Generic mess, basically. Mm. Yeah, true. true. Uh, Nian, were you really saying something before? Uh, oh yeah, I was just gonna say I, I read a statistic a while ago that the the average gamer was 33. So, just going back to the the whole hmm. older gamers and then the previous generation and and yeah, growing up with video games and stuff like that. So that's I mean that's if that's true, it's quite old, right? 30, 33 is not young. So I'm I'm glad I we're think, getting. I I ahead. think there's a a market for um like games targeting like 50, 60 year olds. I think mm-hmm. that we're we're getting to that point, and I, I don't know what that would be. And I'm not saying that you know it's going to be like you know, hey, go on a cruise. You know, no, I don't <laughs> think I don't think that's it. I I mean, just like just the way of approaching a storytelling or a, a particular scenario. It's like it's like um, one of the games that I, like that I'm surprised that we haven't really seen yet is like playing the story of like a, a grandfather or grandmother trying to like protect the grandchildren in some kind of like war or conflict or something like I, I feel that that's ripe for like deep deep heartfelt storytelling that could really click in with a lot of people because I mean I mean you know you know no, no family life is perfect obviously but it's like typically you know children and grandparents get along better than than children and their parents do so mm. in fact I heard this um I heard this whole this one thing. Do you know why grandparents and grandchildren typically get along, you know, better? Uh, that's usually typically the the best relationship in in a family unit. Um, and the answer is because they have a common enemy. Mm-hmm. No, no laughs, really? Okay, I got it. If, you, no, I didn't if you're laughing, laugh in the chats, please. I want to. I want to see if that hits home. Enemy. Sorry, I was reading the comments. I was reading all the ages in the in the chat, yeah, being okay. completely surprised. I don't have an excuse. I'm just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> an Grandparents and grandchildren have a common enemy, being the the the, the parent, right? Children. Like, so the, the the grandparent, you know, the parents, they their children that drive them mental. You know, growing up, they listen to music that they don't like and and all that stuff. But when they have kids. Then they the grandparents get to like you know uh, spoil their grandchildren and they enjoy that and then the grandchildren and then the children they don't like the mom and dad because the mom and dad tell them that it's time to go to bed and grandma is like here have an extra bowl of ice cream <laughs> it's like you know that's it okay now people are laughing it's all good it's all no, good no, okay. yeah no. we're, we're good we're good now they're laughing with lag because there's lag with YouTube yeah yeah there's a, there's a little bit of a lag thing going on but yeah no it's that's that's always that perspective of storytelling i really think that's a i think that's a niche that is just hasn't been um hasn't been put out it's like uh yeah it's it's like i heard somebody say once that community was one of their favorite shows and it was one of their favorite shows because their their grandparents 
went, oh, look, it's Chevy Chase. I love Chevy Chase. Let's watch this show. And it was one of their favorite shows, and they ended up bonding over it. And so, you know, because they had this old character and this, these young characters, and they were able to, like, have these, like, really funny moments, and, and they realized that, oh, you know, Grandma and Grandpa are cool. So, you know. Sorry for changing the, the, the subject, but uh, I'd like to answer. I'm going to be an Arasaka loyal in my first playthrough. Well, Sifat, I have a theory, and uh, you may you may end up being more Arasaka loyal, uh, loyal, even if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because I'm going to tell you everywhere, everywhere, everywhere every fucking word. Hmm. You described the first last of us parental theme. <laughs> I'll be dead. I don't know. Sorry, I'm a bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the game, gamer girls is basically that's that's kind of the theme of the first book, mm. uh, first um, last of us. And I mean, that's sort of it's it's sort of there. It's not quite there. I'm thinking more like you know, like much older older grandparent and you know, who's not physically fit, who can't just, you know, walk around, like, taking people out like a boss, and, like, you know, a, a, a nine-year-old. It's like, that's, that's a, that's a, you know, they're both essentially weak in a dangerous world, right? And mm-hmm. they, they've got to, like, work together in order to, like, you know, make things happen. And to me, that's where I think the, yeah, I, I really think that that is a, that that's a, that's a story arc that's worthy of, of, that would actually be a really point. cool idea. You know, it's the same thing. It's the same thing with like, um, you know, some like war that happens, and it's like a, a mother and her like three kids, like like you know, like two to like five or something like that, and trying to like survive that scenario, and like what what would a mother be willing to do for her kids? It's like that is that is a story again where it's like you could really make you could really hit home some really like emotional lessons i think yeah there was also uh plague tale innocence which was mm-hmm. a very interesting interaction i don't know if it's a brother or sister i forgot it's a brother and sister yeah well, it's brother and or they're like half siblings ah. yeah yeah that's also and, a game it that... works it, i really like that one too it, it um it wasn't quite what i was hoping it would be but it was mm-hmm. it was decent it was really decent and i mm-hmm. i definitely if you are interested in that kind of like a a sibling like concept it's like yeah it's like because this kid is like running around and he can sneak around because he's like so small and so tiny but at the same time he's like you know he's incredibly susceptible to to being hurt so these these are the these these are the concepts that that get me more involved and motivated to you know look at and and dig into than you know the latest uh, battle royale game right because it's like a good game good gameplay is fine but when it comes down to like actual story i think that's where that's where they excel and that's where cdpr is is excelling with this because again this is an rpg first not a not a battle royale game first thank yeah. god yeah thank and, god. and also, i would like a sorry and just also regarding the story um they said they took a lot of feedback from the witcher 3 main story and the pacing issues and they're trying to not have that in this game as much as they can Done. I would like to answer a comment that uh, already passed up, so I'm sorry because I don't know who made the comment that was talking about romance, romance and genders, 
And there has been a conversation lately regarding that in the uh, in the character creation, uh, people that expected to have all all the possible possibilities. One of the things that made them shocked about it is that the gender was uh, tied to the voice of the character, and uh, and the conversation revolved around uh, they couldn't understand why, as it seems quote-unquote seems, that it will be really easy to just let you choose. You choose your character, and then at the end, you choose the gender. And I followed this conversation, which is very, very interesting, because we're talking about cyberpunk, and in cyberpunk is a world where you can be, physically be whatever you want. This includes a shark, because there were shark people. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, and exotics and all that. Mm. And uh, it was it was funny because all this conversation was uh, having in mind the English language, the base, uh, main, um, the main in, um, language of the game, which is English, but it's uh, translated and localized to a lot of lang- to a lot of other languages. So in English, English is a is a language that is not gendered. It's not gendered almost at all. So if you choose a voice and then choose a gender separately because the game gives you more options, the things wouldn't change, the things wouldn't change a lot, and maybe the, the, the number of lines that they should add are the ones when V refers to himself directly, like, I don't know, I'm the man who's going to kick your ass, things like that. I don't think that the number of lines in English would be a lot if you have both voices, both tones for a gender. What's the thing? that the rest of languages of the world doesn't work like that. Spanish, for instance, Spanish is a language that is strongly gendered. I mean, in Spanish, even objects have a gender, the chair, the bed, have a gender. Mm -hmm. And Polish, Polish is even more gendered. For instance, in Polish, if I say, I want this, the verb want, want is said differently if depending on the gender that I am, which means that Maybe not in English, but in the rest of languages where the, this game is localized, they should repeat 100% or almost 100% of the lines that V says, which is the character that has more lines in the game, which makes this feature from really complicated to, to impossible to develop. But it was it was a very impo- uh, interesting conversation. But again, the problem is that people has English in mind when commenting about these things. But not all languages uh, work like English. English is a very, quote-unquote, easy language when it comes to, to this because you don't have uh, such variations in words depending on who's talking, depending on who you're addressing to, which is a thing that in other, other languages happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, if, mm-hmm. same with Bosnian. You have seven ways to say one single word. Seven ways which can be used for differently in a sentence depending on who you talk to and um in which time you're talking in which time you're talking to so yeah i've also found that um innuendo and exaggeration really not easy to translate hmm? please what? oh sorry maybe maybe i should say it like this innuendo and exaggeration so easy to translate oh my god it's like why can't you do that all the time <laughs> again, again. Okay, now he's laughing. Okay, good. <laughs> Took me a while to realize like, what innuendo is. 
well, it's more about the exaggeration, but yeah, no, same sort of the sort of the same mm. thing. It's like it's like that. That's really hard to like add into the game and like really flush out. I mean, it would be great if they could really like do it on on a on a super level. Mm. And I mean, we're we're we are getting there. So there's some really great like projects that are working on like adding audio and and stuff to games. And it's like at, there'll be a point where they just like they have like people's like voice codes and they just use those voice codes to replicate like stuff. And like, you can like, it's like a level. It's like sarcasm, 10%, you know, humor, 20% dry, you know, data driven, you know, 30, 40%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To mix and match the voice. If, if mm-hmm. I, if I understood it correctly, the tone of the voice. Yeah. Ah, okay. And you just, you just program it in there. Then you feed it your lines and you tweak things on a micro scale and then you're done. And yeah. I mean, it's going to be super scary for like, you know, uh, people who use that to like, you know, try and frame other people for like, you know, anything from social faux pas to like actual crime. Like that's, that's scary how close they're getting to with, with some of that. And so even some of that like face replacement stuff, it's like, uh, good Lord. But yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I saw like people already doing that on YouTube. There is various channels yeah. where you have I I don't know uh, Bush singing a lullaby or something like that, and it sounds almost the same, or yeah, whatever whatever celebrity it is. That plus deep fakes, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, no, we're screwed big time. But I mean, there's there's also the other apps. There's, so there's the app that'll like swap your gender or your you your, your visible gender, or however you want to phrase that. And then you can then take that and do a facial swap with somebody else. Then you can have another app that then takes those two people and makes them have a baby, and then takes that baby and age them up fifty years, and then take their face and then replace it with yours and de-age it down, and then swap the gender back again. It's like. Yeah. What what monstrosity have we created that we can do this? Yeah. Also, who has the time to do this? I I still don't understand that. Like, <laughs> people are practicing. Like, I, <laughs> I would like to add something in the in the comments because sure. we have a huge a huge Polish community and they are they are say, saying yeah Polish is super incredibly gendered but just the exact example you put is incorrect. I am sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. I have a question from Bro. <laughs> what do you guys think about cyberpunk music? I never listened to that techno uh, techno music that much, but music in cyberpunk is fucking amazing. Yeah, I agree. It's not only techno. There's a lot of industrial in it, rock. Um, yeah, there's a lot of varieties of of, of music. House. House, yes, of course. Yeah. Techno. The techno part is is P.T. Adam Czech. He's the guy that is. The, I'm starting to know the difference. I love that. I'm starting to know the difference between the three of them. And not only that, I'm starting to know that when two of them are doing a thing together. Mm. You see, they, they have they have such a distinctive way of doing things. And uh, PT Adamcheck is like more is more more techno, more more house, while uh uh Martin Shubovich is like um more organic mm-hmm. and uh and Paul Leonard Morgan is super industrial. Mm-hmm. And when, when mm-hmm. they, they mix the styles together because some some songs are are, are uh, a collaborative work, it's 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 amazing because it's like uh, to 
well, I mean, three very different styles. <laughs> you perceive the difference if you're into electronics. Maybe if you're not, if this is not a style you like <laughs> because these things happen. <laughs> For you, it's chumba chumba, and that's it. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> it's super interesting. Yes, that's why. Um, Hmm. Uh, well, I, I'm so my my requirement for this to be a good cyberpunk game is to have either some like you know maybe some uh, some some uh, baby metal maybe some uh, lady beard yeah lady beard probably be nice that'd be that'd be, that'd be kind of nice to have at least a little bit of that I think there. we can live without baby metal <laughs> oh no, no it's so good. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I always recommend going if you own, uh, I don't know if I think you can download it right now on GOG if you own Witcher and Thronebreaker or Gwent, I think you can download the, the, the entire soundtrack from, from there and it, you also have like the artists for those tracks and I really recommend going through it and looking at the styles they have. By the way, do you know if, is Mikolaj Strinsky actually working on this, on Cyberpunk? Do we know Not that? Bad. Not that I know. I hope so. I love his tracks in Thronebreaker. So good. Who do you said? Uh, Mikhail Strinsky. Yeah. I, think I, might, so. I, might, I might pronounce... I'm not sure, I'm not sure but uh, I think hmm. it's not. Because the two people from Red that I that are working on is Martin Chubovich and Vidya Dacek. Hmm. They still need someone to put music on Wendt. It's They are still developing more hmm. things, more content for Wendt. Mm-hmm. Yes, and of course, I like how, I like how they're gonna have hip hop and rap to, in, in it too, yes. and the jewels and ASAP and. I mean, well, it, actually, like... Cyberpunk. Excuse me. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's done. Uh, actually, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk music is music that talks about Cyberpunk themes, and I think that Round the Jewels are absolutely perfect for that. Mm-hmm. And I have a Spotify list where I put uh, a sample a representative sample of all the people that was announced to participate in the soundtrack. I'm going to put it in the chat. Mm. Uh, there was also there was also quick news about DirectX 12. The game is going to be exclusive for DirectX 12. So if you, for some reason, still uh, operate on Windows 8, you won't be able to run the game. Mm-hmm. That's, and I already saw an article somewhere that someone said, like, the game that have DirectX 12 are glitchy and buggy. Yes, when you have DirectX 11 and 12 at the same time, you can pick and choose. But I believe if it's only developed for one, that um, you won't have problems. Of course they know that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. They want to polish the game. Yeah. Elrin Nora, the new Round the Jewels album literally talks about the world of Cyberpunk 2077. Yes, it's so awesome. And it's available for free. You can find it on Spotify, you can find it on YouTube, Mm -hmm. you can find it everywhere for free. It's amazing. Go take take a hear. I was going to say go take a look, but you don't see music. So yeah, go take a hear because it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Mm. Speaking of tape, when is the squish track dropping? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh gamer girl 5317 again thank you thank you for the donation i think this is a question for you Matqui. if you develop insert gendered language uh i believe gamer girl that you don't understand what gendered language means gendered language means that words have a gender i mean and they have always been in the case of spanish since the times of of the roman empire this is so not a new a new thing 
I mean, it's how a language works. <laughs> and when in Spanish, when I say a glass of water, the word glass is in masculine. But it's like that. This is the way of talking Spanish. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm pronounced. This is cyberpunk. This is a transhumanist game. Cyberpunk is about this. In any other game, you may try to impose your ideas about that. But if you try to do it on cyberpunk, then I'm very sorry to tell you, you are not understanding cyberpunk. And political correctness, I didn't see any kind of political correctness or correctness of anything in the game, apart from, you know, technical correctness. But uh, I know that people try to make very bigoted points about uh, having more options in the game. But uh, it's the wrong game to do that. Hello, it's cyberpunk. We already had that in the law. It's not something that the project invented. It's not something that they are doing because they want to please people. The only person that they should please is Mike Pondsmith, who is the person who invented this universe. But what? There were already transgender people in this universe 30 years ago. If you want to complain about that... You're a little late. Hmm. And cyberpunk, you can find you can find characters that kicked ass and were trans, and nobody gave a shit about that. So why are we going to start to care 30, almost 40 years after? And it's always a matter of giving more options. What's the problem with giving more options? If they were given less, then I would understand the complaint. But if they're given more, what's the problem? Hmm. True, true. Uh, we have uh, uh, German words have genders too. Yeah, man, it took me eight years and I still don't know all of them. <laughs> I'm not even that good with German. And I had it for eight years in school. I apologize to all the German people watching. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a difficult well, language. I, I, am, I am curious when, when English English based uh, people that uh, their main language is English learns any other language, how do they manage that? Because English in comparison is, is super simple. But then you start with German. German is complicated even for, for a Spanish speaker because it has a lot of combinations of things. Hmm. French is by far the most enigmatic language for me, at least, to learn. I I suspect that in like 50 years we'll all speak we'll all be speaking to each other via um, memes and um, <laughs> uh, little like emoticons. Like that's that's the that's the new you know language of the future. I would like to answer another question that says, but that's a good question. What about the neutral they bullshit? Well, I really hope that you are not a native English speaker because it's going to be very sad that a Spaniard corrects you and tells you that Shakespeare already used the, the neutral they. 16th century. Sorry that a Spaniard has to tell you that. It's not something new. Stop Stop trying to find ways to, to throw shit at people. Stop doing that because it's absurd. And again, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong name. Now, there's, there's one concept in cyberpunk, in the cyberpunk universe. You had the androgens. They had no gender. It already existed in cyberpunk. It's nothing new. And again, if you want to complain about that, you are 30 years late. Hmm. So, yes, don't try this with Cyberpunk because you are in the wrong game. Yeah. If, if, when something is put, um, and that's what I always say, if something is put in a game, no matter what it is, just to check a box, which is, you know, it doesn't fit in the world, whatever. It's just put there to please someone. 
and it doesn't have any explanation behind it, any logical perspective behind it, that's wrong. But if something is canon, if something is there, then it's it's not a problem. And even if, if someone has a vision to implement something, let's say, what whatever it was, gender. Like, okay, yeah, gender. You're talking about 2077 where people can be sharks and dragons. Why do we have such a big discussion? <laughs> I mean, people have this big of a discussion um, everywhere. Um, Twitter, whatever about, you know, gender and what is gender? What What is even gender in 2077? Like, uh, Dominic Cecilia, well, we already answered that question about, about the... Uh the V and the different voices, but wouldn't be difficult to make a patch for. No, yes, it's really it's really difficult because you need they need to create two more voices with all the lines for all the languages that are gendered that are all except English. This is technically difficult and it's very expensive. Maybe mothers that because a, a mod with a voice, it's not the first time that this has, has been done for a game. Maybe a mother can do that. But uh, don't expect don't expect the project to throw more money at the at the game because changing, in, uh, doubling all the localization of all the languages that's mm. something that I honestly mm. wouldn't dare to to ask of a developer to do for yeah. the complication and and for for how expensive it is. Hmm. Yeah, just the time investment, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, we've been going on for two hours. Think we're gonna be <laughs> finishing uh, soon. Um, any any la we, any we, thoughts for the end? There, there's uh, there's just some some news to kind of pay attention to. We've got some. There's a cool event coming up here on the ninth, and uh, then we also have potentially the surprise uh, Bethesda announce. Uh, Wait, what's stream? on the ninth? The ninth is that's about Blizzard, I think. Um, oh, okay. no. But on the 11th, we are hearing these rumors <clears throat> that, that Bethesda is going to do something. And Bethesda came out to assure people that no, they certainly do not have an event planned for June. July? I just thought that was really funny because it's not June anymore. Ah, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, what? That's their response. Their response was, yeah, we don't have anything planned for June. It's like that. That's like, oh, really? Hmm. They say that we're not getting Sipes jokes. <laughs> they're they're falling playing? on deaf ears, unfortunately, today. Yeah. Sipe, we okay. apologize again. I I know. Okay, uh, whatever. Uh, like this whole Judy situation is fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it's just people making jokes. <laughs> Some people take it too seriously. Like people are simping. No. We're making joke, chill out. And we, yes, we talked about Bethesda. <laughs> the stream is now complete. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, any last, uh, any last thoughts for the end? Um, what do you guys have planned for the for the next week? Um, for me, it's just gonna be regular stuff, news. Mm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it this week. I think for me, uh, Mad Queen. Jeez. Well, I just released a video about about the uh, districts of Night City, the whole explanation of the districts, the booster gangs on that, that districts, and uh, also showing very, very, very beautiful concept art of Night City that uh, it's fantastic. I love it. And next week is going to be Arasaka Week. <laughs> <laughs> we 
because I have four videos on Arasaka. The funny thing is that, <clears throat> excuse me, the funny thing is that when Cyberpunk Red is out, I'll probably have to redo these four videos <laughs> <laughs> because I'll have more, much, uh, much more lore to talk about. But yeah, this is going to be Arasaka week. Uh, Seb? Um, <clears throat> so just more uh, cuts and slices from... Uh from uh, the game and for cyberpunk and i think we have an amazing tier list coming for some really something really cool for cyberpunk you're gonna want to you're gonna want to tune into that it's gonna be awesome <laughs> yeah the... oh yes and and our and we're doing the we're, we're all continuing to do the giveaway for uh yes. oh, yeah the giveaway mm, yeah the the big pack from uh our telsorian and monster fight club Excuse me. Well, yes, Multister Fight Club. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so we are doing a. Uh, we're doing that. Um, if you come up with some piece of art for us, we we will put your name in the draw. And that piece of art can be everything from uh, music to a poem to uh, video to whatever. And it's it's really cool. We've got some crazy submissions already. Uh, somebody wrote out uh, like a like a four hundred word love poem to <laughs> Cyberpunk. So that that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, somebody else did uh, our our um, big big uh, big supporter of ours uh, in the chat. You know, um, he's he's done some music for us, Mr. Game Notes. So that's uh, that's some pretty cool stuff. So if you're if you're interested in seeing what people are submitting, come by the Discord because it's it's pretty awesome right now. Yeah, and for everyone who are not familiar with the giveaway, it's actually a collaboration between um, Artosorian Games and Monster Fight Club. Now. In this package, so each four of us are doing the giveaway. So you have four chances to win a um, Cyberpunk Red uh, sourcebook, which is coming out, signed by Mike Pondsmith. You will get a Cyberpunk Red Jumpstart Kit. You will get a... Um, now we go into the Monster Fight Club. They're actually creating a full... Um, how would I say overlay of the of the city like terrain you can play your tabletop games in, and they have a metropolis three by three map which is you can actually customize it, remove certain things from it, and you can role play um, in that uh, in that how would I say map um, as you're mm -hmm. doing a role playing in the tabletop as you're playing a tabletop game, and you will get sixteen um, figures including the one with Mike Pondsmith. Indeed, and we all have different uh, ways to win. Yes. Uh, so, so Sibes was to create some sort of art for his for his channel or uh, relating to cyberpunk. I think uh, last known years was a role playing scenario. Yes, role playing scenario. Um, Mad Queen. I don't rem remember exactly what years was. The what? For for your giveaway, what are the rules for your like? What are, what oh, do people yes, have to do? Yes. Uh, uh, using using the hashtag Monster Fight Queen. Right. What line would you use? So pick a fight with Mike Pondsmith Cobb. Pick oh, a fight, yeah. not hurt his feelings. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> and then mine is just name name Mike Pondsmith's dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually <laughs> cool. Um, well, apparently, apparently his corgi is named Pikachu, according to Jay. So that's pretty cool. Fun fact of the day. What? Can you repeat the name? His corgi is named Pikachu. Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, Mike. <laughs> I know, right? True, true. All right. Um, so, we've been going on over two hours. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining. Next week, it's going to be on... I think it's mine. And yes. we're going to have, uh, I believe, Paris is next week. So, mm. mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to yeah, double We're starting check. to get some 
yeah, starting to get some guests in here, so it should be a good time. True, true. And of course, more news about Cyberpunk will come. Finally, finally, the, the, the veil of silence has been removed. Of course, now they have to market the game. The marketing plan is staying the same. So um, don't worry, you're going to get more and more and more info as we get closer to the game. And it, it kind of started now. So, I mean, already you have... This is the most uh, news we had since Deep Dive, I believe. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Um, you have all the links to our channels um, down below, including Twitter and Discord and um, the uh, the YouTube channels. So please check it out. And um, each and every single week, it's the, the podcast is on a different channel. Next week, same time on Sunday on the Neon Arcade channel. And that's it. Thank you for watching and bye, everyone.